Thanks for jumping in the Far Flung Tin Can podcast, um, produced and edited by Jonathan Warbay, who didn't show up today. <laughs> so let's just get that out of the way. Uh, today's episode. Which also, is, let me get this plant out of the way because I keep nudging it. Did you get Steven's permission to move the plants? Uh, uh, he yes. sets cameras up. <laughs> today's episode is number... And... Uh, I don't know what number the episode is. I don't know what order he's... 17. Yeah. Today, episode number 17. It's probably like four, but... <laughs> we'll go with 17. Yeah. Yeah, maybe episode five or 17. And we're going to jump in with our album and the process, songwriting. Um, the last album is Take a Risk. Came out a month ago. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so I've got Tobin Shoemate. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever said his last name. Showamate, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've said his name character. wrong a lot of times. What What did you say? I've said Jobin. Oh. Tojo. Oh, okay. Like, I've mixed you and your wife's names up a bunch. And then we have Jeremy Carruthers, who produced and wrote how many songs on the album? Um, 17 <laughs> I produced all of the songs on the album And wrote a couple of them Yeah So uh, how did you two guys meet? I know you've both been a part of Far Flung for a while And when did y'all start like working together On stuff? Oh man it, I don't remember like when we met Do you? No I uh, I remember working on Far Flung stuff A long time ago and then I remember us doing a song yeah. together, me, you, and JoJo. Yeah, the goodness of the Lord. Uh huh. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Lord, that yeah, was probably ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a long time. So, um, yeah, I mean, we did that. It was, of course, far flung connection. Yeah, um, campus choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The university. We'll just keep going. Back. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's probably been like ten years. Of music making together, although fairly yeah. sporadically. Yeah. You are both on and a part of the first Far Flung album. Is that right? Uh, well, the first Together Project. First Together Project. Yes. Mm, that's but, right, because we did a studio. The first one was, I and, have this and uh, No Turning Back. Yeah, the first one was No Turning Back. Okay, so, and that's on iTunes. You can go check that out if you hadn't heard that. No Turning Back, which Carruthers was not a part of. No, I was in the room, but Joseph Fowler had the reins on that one. Okay. Did a great job. And you were in that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, you, had you done albums before, recording before that? Had you been involved in, like, stuff? No, you're asking me all these. I'm, like, having to, like, dig into my brain. I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay. I think that may have been the first thing, other than, like, a campus choir thing, but. That doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> doesn't count. I don't even think I was in a campus choir thing. So, okay. yes, the answer, yeah, that was the first one. Okay, um, walk me through the albums that you've been involved with, like all the albums in Far Flung, what that's been. Walk me through that. Uh, the first one for me was Together Project. Okay. Um, recording in Guatemala, um, which is probably probably our most popular recording even to date, just a lot of great songs. I think that album was kind of like uh, the culmination of 
a lot of years from a lot of people. Whereas our other albums since then, it's kind of like an artist, right? Their first album like blows you away because they've been writing those songs for six years. Mm -hmm. Their yeah. next album, they have seven months to write it. Mm -hmm. So you got to try to fit, you know, that same amount <laughs> of of goodness that you had in six years into seven months. So, but that first one was kind of like. Uh, John Bellion references us as like Farflung is the artist. And I think that first album was like everybody bringing their lifetime of work to the table. And it's just a great project that I'm still very proud of to this day, like production, sonically, everything. It's a miracle. We got the product that we did from that recording with the and volcano. And you engineered going that, right? Right. So you, like, you, we ordered gear. How did that? <clears throat> we rented Sorry. stuff there and then brought some stuff and. Uh, there was a couple guys who arrived there before us, like Travis Frazier and some guys that like got the recording set up. Then we did it all in one night. Uh, and then uh, Etienne told me the night before, he's like, dude, like you're going to have to play bass on the recording. I was like, oh, great. So, <laughs> no bass, you know, on the airplane, like listening to these all original songs I had never heard. Um, yeah, and then had fun that night, kind of running back and forth from the board to the bass, uh, trying to trying to we were get supposed all that right. to like record that over like three or four days two days at least yeah and then it ended up being like what we started late at night yeah we started probably seven maybe even 8 p.m before being fair like <laughs> and then ended at four o'clock in the morning or yeah, something like, like that after thing. traveling for 24 hours yeah so yeah it's like we got in guatemala that day and then we had to set everything up. We like rehearsed and then we recorded it all night until. Yeah. Until it, the album was done, basically. Yeah. And I remember just going into a room that night and like going back on the computer and like listening to everything and Kyle over my shoulder. And the, the bar at that point was like, did everything get recorded? Like, that was it. It wasn't even like, how does it sound? Like, do we have an album? Do we have enough stuff for an album? And I was like, yeah. And I remember it, like, turning to you and like, man, I actually, I think, like, I mean, because we didn't put any, like, engineering time into that. It was just like, plug in, press record. Yeah. And uh, even that night, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is going to be good. And uh, it turned out very well. You and feel like that set a tone? Far flung like that together project for for what was to come. That was like what? How many years ago? Seven, <coughs> six, six years ago. Two thousand fourteen. Like that's kind of set a tone for yeah. creativity and music and production and. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that, um, you know, we had done stuff before that project, um, especially in hindsight. You know, who would have guessed? I mean, I think like there's songs like "Come Lord Jesus" that have a hundred some thousand views just on youtube mm -hmm. and you can imagine like the stream numbers that they are from from different platforms so i mean for us that's it's big i mean i just saw that uh you're welcome from moana has a billion views we're not quite there oh yet. my gosh but uh oh yeah <laughs> you know for we us, can put the rock on one of our songs <laughs> it would be. right yeah uh -huh. um you know that that that's like big so i think in hindsight yeah i think it was also a, a moment for us that's like you know, Kyle had this wild idea to take way too many people to a foreign country <laughs> and record an album outside at this place with no, <laughs> I mean, with nothing, really no idea how we were going to do it. When he asked me to do it, it was just, and it's the same thing ever since then. It's, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, whatever. We'll figure it out. Okay, so we went from Together Project <laughs> to 
um, Compass, Lead Me. Lead Me. What was the next album? Lead Me. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was a studio album. We and recorded like across, across the, street? the street, yeah, mm-hmm. and just an empty school room or apartment, oh, yeah. you know, like in a classroom. Yeah, and we had we had got like a, uh, like dividers from like cubicles, <laughs> like that you would find in an office and just stack them up. You remember that? And then, again, it was like it wasn't Guatemala with a volcano, but it was like. We've got three days to track everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because you're in Virginia at the time. So you're driving right. in for it. People <laughs> are driving in. I remember you and Ashley bought a portable air conditioner. Yeah. Because there was no air and we were on the third floor and it was like a hundred degrees. My wife was not having it. <laughs> She's like, I'm not getting ready to be hot. <laughs> she comes rolling down the hallway with this like uh, air conditioner on wheels. So and funny. the next album after Lead Me is what? Together, together so project. So every other every away, other al- every other album is together project. Right. right. It's 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 well. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how it's turned out to be. Yeah, and and in between there, we've released songs like Compass, and we did um, Reckless Love, and we did you know we've done different things like that. Singles in between, but. I heard one of the guys in the Elevation Worship Circle say their early albums. You have like three worship leaders <laughs> who each bring four songs, mm. and then they just put them on the album. It's twelve songs, mm-hmm. and they said the more we grew as a group, it stopped being these four songs are like the Chris Brown, and mm-hmm. this is Mac, and this is, and there was no like kind of union for the album, and then it became like elevation. Mm. Um, I don't get that with the Together Project. That felt like like a unifying thing, even though everybody's bringing different songs. But have you noticed like the creative process for Far Flung and people bring songs and has it evolved from, all right, everybody just bring something. Is there like an inspiring thought that you guys get that you think the team gets and says, all right, this album is going to go in this direction. Take a risk. Like, how did how did that happen? Was there like a meeting where it's like, all right, here's here's how it's gonna be? Because if there was, y'all didn't invite me. Um, <laughs> how, how are things coming together for Far Flung and for this album? Uh, for Take a Risk, um, I'll just address that album, and then I get, we can talk about that broader point too. But um, for Take a Risk, I had a song, uh, All You Ever Wanted. And it was just going to be like a personal song. And and uh, Kyle like heard it or walked in the office or something and was like, what is that? Like, I like that. And he listened. And I was like, okay, yeah, I like it too. That's cool. You know, <laughs> by then, <coughs> excuse me, no one had ever heard it. So um, he was like, can that be a far-flung song? Like, I'd love for that to be a far-flung song. And I was like, uh, no, no, I mean, not really. Like, I don't mind using the song for that. I just don't know how that would fit uh, amongst other far-flung songs we might do or the library of songs we've already, the catalog we've already put out, you know. And um, he wasn't, he didn't seem too worried about it. You know, he just liked the song. So a couple of days later, Tobin came in the office and I think Kyle might have said like, hey, go listen to the song Jeremy has. You listen. It was like, yeah, that's good. And then you mentioned a 
pop sounding song that you had or might have. Um, you ended up sending me that voice memo. Like I put some stuff down on it. We might've worked just a little bit that day. You showed me. And then once I produced that song, like it was like, oh man, that one's really good. And that's Tobin. That sounds like far flung, even though the music's so different. Like that's Tobin. Like he's far flung. Then I'm like, okay, well we got two good songs. And then from there, more and more people started coming to the table with stuff. Um, and then it was just like the conversation among me and Kyle, really, and, and you, Brian, here, was like, do you want to do a different sounding album? Do you want to do more like pop sounding stuff? And it just seemed like we had we had too many good songs to not do it. And for us, it was kind of taking a risk so that, you know, the name of your song fit the situation and, of course, became the title track. And that's how Take a Risk happened. It was funny because I came in that day and listened to the songs that Jeremy had put. And I think you showed me two, maybe like a song that Brian had done. And then you showed me that. Yeah, maybe we already had done The Dark, uh, like a little demo of The Dark or something. So I had listened to like those two. And then I think you showed me a little bit of um, uh, the song Brooklyn Love Came Down. What is that? Oh, the... um Earth and Sky. Earth and, Earth sky. and sky. And so those three songs I heard, and like I remember thinking, like Earth, Earth and Sky was like I was like this is K-pop, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, this is <laughs> fun. And so like on Take a Risk, I had already written that song and was like fleshing it out. And honestly, it was I'd never written a pop song or like gone in and said I'm going to write a pop song. And so I was like, this song, you know, it was going to have a worship vibe, you know, take a risk on me, God, you know, like it was more of that kind of surrender type song. But then when you guys were sharing that, you know, the vibe that you guys had already kind of been working on, I was like, you know, maybe why don't we like step across here and see if we can cross over into that. And so then I sent you a clip of of take a risk and it and then you off of the audio clip, I sent an acapella voice clip and like I'm holding my kids and I it's just me singing acapella and Jeremy literally builds a whole track to that voice clip I said and and you had whatever kid you were holding yeah (laughs) at the made a noise in the voice memo and that's still in the song yeah I sampled it and you if you listen closely you can hear it I I was blown away because like Jeremy (laughs) said hey what do you think about this he sends this whole track back and I was like you know, it was one of those ones like I. You know, you're just sending like a little voice clip, and you never, you're not thinking what it can be or what it could be. Yeah, and that was one of those. Like, it turned out to be one of my favorite songs on the album, and that was one of those that was so easy, like to produce. Like it just like, just even just hearing the voice memo, I was like, oh yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people talk about like this weird creative part where like a song like exists, right? And it's like, you find it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just in the atmosphere, you know, like God puts it there, however you want to look at it, you know? And like, you just happen to find this song or these lyrics. And it was one of those where it's like, when you sent me the voice memo, I was like, yeah, like that song exists out there somewhere. And I'm the one who gets to, to put it together, mm-hmm. you know, in the studio, which was really cool. And uh, it, like I said, it was easy. Right? I think, Probably, I would say, 70 to 80% of what you hear in that song in the final master version was done the first 
two hours after you sent me the voice memo. Yeah. So it was just like what it went down and it was like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. For some reason, I sampled a, a drum line. Yeah. Uh, I, I know why I did. Um, it was just this kind of a slower tempo. Wanted to have it more energy and yeah. just you get a snare in there going tuk -a -tuk -a -tuk -a -tuk -a, and all yeah. of a sudden it sounds like it's the fastest song in the world. But yeah, yeah that was just a little side note there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just from the beginning was a great song. The, 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 melodically, everything was. all of Farflung is, I mean, I don't know, but for Take a Risk, the whole album, I think all of us kind of were like, Okay, we've never gone down this road before and you know, we've always done worship and you know, more you know, serious feeling songs and Take so me beyond the <laughs> surf. <laughs> yeah, like you know, everybody wants that's the thing about group writing too, when everybody just brings Songs like yeah. everybody wants to write the epic song. <laughs> everybody wants to write the ballad that like hits and like you know. Nobody wants to be a filler. Yeah, nobody wants to be the filler song. Everybody's like, "What's the deepest thing I can say?" And like, "What's the highest melody I can sing?" So I always think that's interesting, and I think this song, is, this album, is good because there is such a mix and a flow, and everybody's singing at a different level and a different pace, and. I think we were all like, you know, a, a pop album, Far Flung, you know, what's this going to be like? But listening through it and listening back, it still has the same DNA. Yeah. It still has the same heart. It's the same sound, but it's just, it's a different take on it. And, and, and it still feels like worship to and me. I, I think what's really cool, me too. And I think a big part of that is, like you said, I remember like if I ever sat down, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to write something for Far Flung. It's like I was trying to fit into this mold mm -hmm. or like oh, Tobin and Jojo wrote this song and that was popular. So let me try to write something with that same, you know, mm -hmm. DNA or let me try to write something like come Lord Jesus. Cause it's just so popular. Let me like, maybe if I put yeah. it in six, eight and I put it in the key of <laughs> six, E, eight, right? is the key. maybe I put it in the key of E. Well, maybe then we'll <laughs> sing it. You know what I mean? And you yeah. think all of these things, not selfishly, but you want something to work for the group, yeah. you know, and you want to provide value. And I think this one was so different because it was literally just an expression uh, of whatever you happen to have, yeah. you know, in your mind. And I think that that's why, to me, why it still feels like worship is because it is an honest expression. Mm. It's not like, uh, you can't do that or that won't work in a worship service, so let's do this. It's literally like, kind of like an unfiltered expression that everybody yeah. was able to offer. And um, that's what... I think really, really gave life to this album and why we're getting such great feedback from it. Yeah. It resonates with people. Just the the humanity of it, the 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 realism, you know, and we joked like, well, is, is this statement like theologically correct? And is this <laughs> the you know, and we were just kinda like, man, we're just express like we're sons and daughters of God and we're just expressing ourselves, you know, and, yeah. and, and you want to do that responsibly, but you can also do that freely. Um, and I think that's what we accomplished on this album. Yeah. Really. It felt liberating creatively. Yes. As a creative, it felt like you were talking about that box. And it felt for me, and I, I know you wrote two songs on it that feel like they're outside of the box too. And it's just um, creatively, it felt good to be able to express something in a different way and not necessarily be. Because, I mean, if if we look at worship music, I hope I'm not sounding really critical right now, but when we look at worship music for this 
like the genre of worship music, it has become very like standard. Like everybody kind of sounds the same for the season we're in. We'll break out of it, but it's kind of a standard thing. And so you could feel like you're boxed in when you're trying to write worship music. It has to be verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, bridge two, you know, vamp, vamp, outro. Vamp, vamp. <laughs> you know, but it's liberating to be able to get to be creative and not feel held into that box and to say what you want to say and sing it how you want to sing it. And it can have its own sound and, and it's still worship. I don't know. Did I felt that I felt liberated or, you know, through this project, I thought it was very creatively liberating. I like the idea of trying something different and, and not being afraid, but it not being orchestrated. Mm. Not like guys, we're aging out. Our sound is aging. We have to right. like do something. It was more like, hey, let's just, hey, I got a song that sounds different. I got a song that wouldn't fit on that other <laughs> album, but like, I think Tobin would sound great on this, or I think JoJo would sound great on this. Let's try that. Yeah, I mean, the songs were there. It was just like, it wasn't like, okay, we got to, like you said, we got to do something different. It was like, we got, I mean, at one point we had like four songs and it was like, these are all good songs. So are we just not going to use them? Or are we just going to use them? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we want to release the album, so let's use them. Well, it <laughs> yeah. like started, like maybe we'll just release like a little EP. Uh-huh. Right. A little pop EP. And then people like Zeke. Yeah, uh-huh. Zeke was like, "Man, I might have this song, and yeah. dude. It's a oh, it's, it's a, so yeah. good. It's so good. It's a yeah. It's just like one of my favorite. Just like put on, put the windows down, yeah. And go feels like yeah. heaven. Like that was Zeke. I know Rob and Crystal, um, and a Whitney uh, really uh, contributed to that one as well. And and by the way, too, you talked about production and whenever we do like official credits, we don't really do that far flung. We just kind of put stuff out and people are like, who did that? (laughs) But um, Rob, the funny thing about that song is Rob Alley. I was like trying to get him to produce it. And um, he was either busy or just, you know, couldn't get it done. He was basically just like, no, dude, like you do it. And um, so I basically my production on that song is a almost carbon copy of what he did originally for the demo. Um, I just kind of went in and then added some things that, you know, some different little uh, things that I put up throughout the album on top of that. But that was a lot of Rob Alley on that song. Um, and I kind of just remade what he did because he wouldn't produce it for me. <laughs> the crazy thing about Far Flung from the beginning and Kyle, our leader, I mean, you were asking this about how the process of like, how do we bring songwriters and things yeah. like that? A lot of times it was Kyle saying, all of us are, are musicians on our on our own. And then he would hear a song even outside of what we presented. And he'd say, hey, can we do this song for a project? And hey, what would you think about adding this song into a project? Or he's reaching out and asking. And then, um, so that was a lot of the process, I think, of songs coming together was his his just tuning into each person and bringing songs along. But the cool thing about Far Flung from the very beginning is it is a volunteer. Uh, I mean, I think it's shifting now, but up to this point, it had been a lot of volunteer. Like when you did the Together Project in Guatemala and did the Together Project in Brazil and you were engineering those and producing those, you were basically volunteering. And Mm -hmm. the people that bring songs and the musicians that come on these trips, they're paying to be there a lot of times. And and Rob, you know, offering up his skill. It's What's crazy is these are all volunteer-produced albums. And, you know, we're not 
going to some label or so some production company to get it done, but everybody's offering up their gift, which is really cool to see the project come together. Like the graphics, the, you know, any videos that you've seen, it's, it's all volunteer. Which is I mean, am I, yeah, is yeah. that true? I don't no, know. I think, I think there is this unique thing to that, that one, there's this common bond that far flung has in shared experience. Now it's not all the same experience. Not everybody was on the Amazon. I wasn't on the together project. Not everybody was in campus choir or at Lee university, <laughs> but, but for the most part, there is a shared experience. Yours might've been in Africa Yours might have been in Alaska. Yours might have been at Lee University. But we kind of all come different backgrounds. But There's this shared experience. And we, everything Far Flung is, is genuinely a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like the thing now. It's not, like right now, what seems to be happening is not one person. Yeah. It's all collaborations. I want to just speak to that because I feel like it's something God has really been speaking to me this this past season on a spiritual level. It's like music can feel so competitive and it's all so comparative. Compare You're comparing constantly like, I'm not Jeremy and he operates at this level and, you know, I don't sing like Zeke or I don't sing like Brian and I don't play the guitar like Nico. So, yeah. you know, um, and it can feel so comparative and like, so maybe I don't have a place here because I'm not at such and such level. But I feel like Far Flung is, is there's this breaking down where it's not competitive, it's not comparative, but it's collaborative. And I think that's kingdom. And that's what's so beautiful about Far Flung is it's a bringing together of like what you have to offer and I don't have to be Brian I don't have to write like you I don't have to sing like you I don't have to minister to like you you know and you're powerful at all those things and I could shrink back in my gifting or shrink back in my songwriting or like Jeremy's an amazing producer and I'm like I may never have a song like producing skill so I could shrink back or anybody on the team could shrink back, but instead people continue to bring things to the table because there's this acceptance, there's this teamwork, there's this camaraderie, collaboration. And um, I love that about Far Flung. I love being a part of Far Flung. And, and any organization where you feel like you can bring your gifts and it's not being compared to somebody else's or um, it's not competing with somebody else, but it's at, it's adding to the whole project, you know? Um, but I love that. I love that about this process, this songwriting process. I never feel like I'm competing with either of you or anybody else. Or, um, it's, but it's a team, which has been awesome. Um, I'm going to ask Jeremy to speak kind of like to collaboration, the <clears throat> process, the album, culture, and, and you work with other artists too. Before that, we do have um, a word from our sponsor. Oh, and it needs to be read. Um I think, yeah, and Jeremy's going to just read this. Uh, word so you from want our me sponsor? to set it up so they know. And then we're back, right back to you. Okay, so apparently I have a word from our sponsor. And I've, <laughs> I've been handed a piece of paper uh-huh. here, so um, I don't know what I'm about to say. Disclaimer. Here we go. <laughs> the Far Flung Tin Can Podcast is brought to you by Island Floats, the most delicioso beverage you've ever put your lips to. I would have worded that differently. (laughs) At 12,500 feet in elevation lies Lake Titicaca, the highest navigable lake on earth. And there, and there, and only there. Oh, there we are. (laughs) 
And there, comma, and only there, comma, <laughs> is what it should be. Can you find the best malts and shakes man has ever crafted? But you don't have to travel to Peru to enjoy this sweet goodness anymore. Islandfloats.co. There's no M? Okay. Just, I just, just want to make sure it's not a typo. Has the entire menu. And get this. Free delivery. Wah, wah, what? <laughs> That's right. It's $0.00 for delivery, and you can feel like you are sitting beachside with your drink and umbrella in hand. They really are incredible milkshakes, right, Tobin? Yes. (laughs) That was... I've never had one. (laughs) (laughs) In parentheses, in parentheses, it said, wait for Tobin's awkward response. (laughs) So, yeah, whoever wrote this it. To get your island float, visit islandfloats.co. And remember, all orders of $100 or more come with a free Island Floats t-shirt. So visit islandfloats.co today. Uh, Big thanks from our sponsors. Uh, So, yeah, go check them out. It's a real website. It's a real website. It's a real Um, thing. Collaboration. And <laughs> and all, so you that. you work with a bunch of artists, a bunch of different artists on different kind of projects. You're not always producing. Sometimes you're doing other things. Um, this album and and kind of the collaborative culture of Far Flung and Go. Yeah, collaboration can be very hard um, because of schedules mm-hmm. and children mm-hmm. and you know everything. Um, he he looked at you on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one one thing that was different about this album is me being in Tennessee, which has never been a thing. Mm-hmm. Me being um, in the office here, so it was a lot easier for people to just pop in, and um, and it was also a lot easier. Any collaboration we've done in the past has been over a weekend at a retreat. And then, like, mm-hmm. over a few days here, and mm-hmm. then boom. Mm-hmm. And this was a little bit easier in the sense that you could have this kind of ongoing collaboration, have people come in one day, come back, record, listen. You know, you could, you could work like that. So uh, a lot of people contributed to the album. And uh, we'll, we'll mention those people before the podcast is over. I, I think I could do most of it in my head. But, um, yeah, this— it was it was very cool this time because most of the time songs for Far Flung had been written kind of in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wrote a song, you wrote the song mm-hmm. and then brought it and everybody learned it and sung it. Yeah. Like this one was of. a little different because <laughs> we were there. Yeah. Like the day of. Like we'd be singing it live and be like, hey, everybody learn this real quick. Exactly. <laughs> um, so this was a little different because it was like, hey, I have. You know, you didn't have a bridge for that song initially. Mm-hmm. So I got to kind of produce and, and then you got to kind of feed off that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what could we go this direction? You sent me a memo and I was like, yeah, we could. And then I was hearing this and sent it back. You know, mm-hmm. we've never been able to do that before. Yeah. Um, it's always been like, here it is. Let's do it yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the same thing, <clears throat> like with the dark, you had an idea on the mm-hmm. dark. You started playing it and I was like, yep. I can hear this happen and hear this. You didn't have a bridge on that. Nope. I collaborated with you on yeah. the bridge. Like so that that's what was different this time and like um like the dark, such a great song. 
you know, it comes to the table and then you're like, I ain't got no bridge. And then I have an idea for a bridge. And then you have two people kind of like offering their best and feeding off yeah. each other's ideas. And um, it just has a way of, of really kind of uh, lifting the creative process or, or your end product. And that's like what you find, like working with people. It's insane how many collaborators some artists work with. And, mm. you know, you may have like three guys doing programming drums, you know, because one guy just kills a snare sound, you know, like mm. it's just it's just wild how uh, how that collaboration works at, at a high level. And um, uh, being able to do that on this project, I think it really paid dividends uh, for, for for what we ended up with. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. And uh, another example, um, Feels Like Heaven, uh, they recorded the demo of Zeke's song. And there was like, well, we still need a bridge. And I was like, and we still need lyrics for the chorus. And I was just like, no. <laughs> Sometimes that's collaboration. Sometimes it's just like, mm-hmm. no, it's good. Yeah. It's good the way it is. And you're like, well, I don't know. Like, we can't just sing Feels Like Heaven and hold it out. It's like, yeah, you can. <laughs> that's what you did on the demo. And it was great. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's not going to get old. I was like, no. And then, and then they had this little part that he ad-libbed, like, it's so much better. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that's the bridge. Yeah. And he was like, I was kind of thinking that, but he was kind of like insecure about that idea. I was like, no, that's it. Yeah. And it's simple. And it's, you know, so... <clears throat> that was that was like another example of, of how that collaboration went for the album. It's just, again, being able to bounce those things back and forth, produce half of it, send it, come up with the bridge, change this. Mm-hmm. How would that flow? Oh, now we got this song. So could we add something like this? Mm-hmm. And then there's the far-flung type cra- collaboration where uh, Brother Peter in Mozambique, uh, when you guys went to Africa, mm-hmm. put some headphones on with some random beat off YouTube and were like, just freestyle a bunch of stuff. And then you you brought that audio file back, and then we did uh, what, what came up to be O Camino, and, um, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then recorded the village dancing and did like the music video. So it's like uh, that was a different form of collaboration because you're like sing over some random music. And then <laughs> a guy back in the States is going to produce a song around whatever it is that you do. Wow. And we don't know so what I didn't, any of that <laughs> mean. I didn't know that that's how that went down. Yeah. So um, they brought that back. I just dropped it on the grid and the in the software and wow. started producing where I picked some things out that I liked and it was like, okay, well, this will be the hook. Whatever he's saying will be the hook here. And, uh, and then they did a dance to that. Well, they did a dance to just the YouTube beat that he like freestyled to. Oh, wow. And um, this, so I had to make, of course, like the same tempo and, yeah. and feel. And it was, that well, was intimidating cool. because I've never recorded anything like that. Uh-huh. So you're kind of like, you kind of feel like a bring back like a high school word. You kind of feel like a poser, you know, Trav? <laughs> so the cool thing about this album is that I, and I, I keep texting Brian because my kids love it. Like every time we get in the car, they're like, daddy, can we listen to Far Flung? And my kids are 10 and under and all of them are just into it. They love the dark. They love the, uh, they love all of Brian's so, songs. So, so is <laughs> and then they love um, O Camino. That like that they don't know what's being said, but they're like jamming out to it in the yeah. car, and I think that's the cool thing about this far flung album is it is generational and and it, and I told Jojo this because you know it's like something about we'll put on we're you know we're trying to be the Christian parents like let's put on worship in the car and our kids will be like 
like staring out the window, you know, but you put on something like this and they're engaged. They're singing the songs like, like your song, um, All You Ever Wanted Was My Heart. Like it's got all these raps and Zion knows every word. And now I say, now I'm here for it in, a, in all, every day, but um, I'm here for it. You know, like that's, that's my new catchphrase, but um, like my kids know every word and like what a powerful like message, like all you ever wanted was my heart. And my kids are like saying that and it's such a good song. And I don't know, I just love that my kids are, are jamming out to these anthems. Yeah, I I wonder, and I'm formulating a thought like live, right? So I don't want to like claim this as like principle or like stern belief of mine, but like there's, you could get into the purpose of worship music and all of that stuff and we will just not get into that. So if I make <laughs> blanket statements, just, you know, it's on the listener to provide all of the the context and details, but you were talking about like putting the music on and your kids kind of just staring out the window. And um, there's, there's like such a focus, rightly so, on worship music being directed straight to God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like we talk about sometimes the difference between like the worship and the performance, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we, we look at it as in like those are two different directions, right? Mm-hmm. That when you're worshiping, it's just you and God, everything. And we write like that. And worship music is like me and you, me and you. And then if you're performing, then all of a sudden it's just you and the audience, you and the audience, you and the audience. Mm-hmm. And I think like I'm wondering, you know, as you're talking, yeah. like, is there a way to like connect with both God and people at the same time, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's why, like, when you listen to people, like, people who are purely worshiping, but doing it so well that they connect with you, mm. you know? Like, I think of somebody, like, with the voice of, like, Carrie Job or something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, she could just be worshiping 100%, but her performance quote unquote, is so good that you connect with the performance as well. And then now there's this like crazy thing happening where this person is blowing your mind, but it's being used to glorify God. And she's connecting you in some way to this, uh, this, this emotion that you can, you can connect with God. And I feel like maybe, maybe a song or an album, like Take a Risk, right? Which is being used to glorify God and, and has all of those elements, but also just connects to the heart of people mm-hmm. and has like a rhythm to it mm-hmm. that even a child would be like, Hey, I'm, I want to get in this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if I, if I, if I like, if I said that very well, but I think sometimes we're so concerned with just let me sing this great thing to God that we kind of alienate the listener mm-hmm. as well. And I, I wonder if there's like a really cool balance that this album struck that's like, Man, we can just like be free and uh, use vernacular and mm-hmm. be colloquial on mm-hmm. you know all these words and yeah. like it can be very informal so that it's relatable to just the dude in the coffee shop, but also it's edifying and glorifying God at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's almost like pulling people in, pulling people in with that with that music um, so that they can join you in that. I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, I think there's a real intentionality that happens when we're writing. And I look back at some of the, the songs that really move the needle in Far Flung, Come Lord Jesus, and they're very singable. Mm-hmm. 
And we do. As leaders, we want to be singable. When we preach a sermon, we want points that are easily remembered. So we try to work hard to do that. But then there's sometimes, like, to, like, to our fault, we tried so hard to be singable, mm. to to be something that's very easily remembered that we became just monotonous. Mm-hmm. Where when it's like all you ever wanted was my heart to this rhythm, to this. And and yet maybe it's not singable in the same corporate way that reckless love is. Mm-hmm. But like, okay. Yeah. And And I love that about this album, that there is this, part of it that it's it is still worship it is still this but we kind of like so let's let's not worry about the things we normally worry about mm-hmm. right let's not let's just make let's just create some stuff yeah yeah just put some stuff together um and and that's that's kind of how this happened this album thinking through like take a risk that song even like the the idea of that song is doesn't necessarily fit in what you normally would think of the third worship song of a Sunday morning service <laughs> right. that is supposed to like take us in. Right. Yeah. But it kind of came from you and your car, right? Is, mm-hmm. is that where mm-hmm. you're driving in your car and you're like, all right, Lord, mm-hmm. like I, I'm here. Yeah. When I wrote that song, I was just driving. I actually came from a pretty challenging place and a pretty challenging prayer I was just driving home and you ever just feel like, Lord, don't, don't look past me. Like, don't, don't choose somebody else over me. Like I'm here too, you know, like, and you know, it's like so many times we put it on the perspective of like, I need to take a risk on God. But I just started to pray this prayer that was like, God, I, I know I may not have money and like all of these skills and I may not look like this. But if you would just take a risk on me, like that's that was the prayer. Like, God, would you ever consider putting me there? Would you ever consider taking that risk on me? And um, so that's where that song came from. And then who I was so, you know, it came from a really deep place. So yeah, I was wanting yeah. to write that almost monotonous uh, worship <laughs> song. Like, oh, Lord, take a risk on me. And I love those me, songs. You know? So this, this came to all the people. <laughs> yeah. We're all worship leaders. So like we we live there. But um, so then to to release it in a fresh way, like it is a deep prayer. But to release it in a fun way, like maybe some high school kid could listen to that and not maybe be not be in that headspace but then start to think about the words and the words are like i may not have the answers or meet all of the standards but i'm available take a risk on me god here i am so that's kind of where that yeah yeah it's interesting because like we're talking about how the album really turned out to be Whatever, however you want to say it, colloquial. We used a lot of vernacular. It was very informal, all of those things. And um, I said earlier that it was an honest expression. Like, it was true, right? It was true to the moment when you wrote it. Um, Like, for a song like All You Ever Wanted, that song is true to me, right? It started just as a song for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to try to work it into a worship set. I didn't have to try to work it into an album because yeah. if I would have done so, I 
probably wouldn't be two rap verses in it. <laughs> right? It probably wouldn't. I, there's, there's certain things that I said, a lot of things I said that I just wouldn't say. But yet those are the things that like, that from my heart, those are the things mm. that I said, mm-hmm. which is interesting because back to the, like the worship thing, like spirit and in truth, right? So like, it may not sound like a worship song, right? So what we're used to, but that song is true mm. in every sense of the word mm-hmm. because it's unfiltered. It's it's literally just what I felt. I said what I felt and I said it how I wanted to say it. You know what I mean? And it's like, in a sense, I look at that and I go, man, like, I wonder if that resonates with the father, Mm. more than some other things maybe I've done in the past where it's like, here's how I feel and what I want to say, but let me say it like how I think everybody else thinks I should say it, you know, and let me say it in a way that fits into this mold. It's like maybe a little less true, Mm. you know, and if I want to worship in spirit and in truth, it's like, man, like there's part of me that's like, you know, if I start thinking about it, I'm like, maybe I don't want to rap like that on it. You know, let me mm. change it. But then it's like, man, that's just what I did. Yeah. Like, that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say this, this, and this. It's like, no, like, at the end of it, this is how I'm feeling. If it ain't your kingdom, I'm not building. <laughs> yeah. 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 And if it yeah. ain't your word, I won't listen. And if it ain't your love, I ain't tripping. I ain't like, tripping. and it's just like, it's just, it's just like a weird thing to like yeah. put it, but, but yeah. it was just like the truest expression. Yeah. This, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like what happened on the album with a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, thinking back over the last year, it's like all of these songs, I I can place the dark, like those lyrics you wrote, I can place that in your testimony in certain places. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what you're talking about, you being in the car Mm -hmm. and me writing that song in this office over here last year, just like, that's it. Mm. Like, I'm man, I'm, I'm like, I'm done. If this is, this is how I feel. Yeah. Like, I'm a son and nobody's pulling me out of that, you yeah. know? And it's let's say we all have these like moments in our testimony and the, the giver is another example of that. Mm-hmm. Like being at a place in my life where all I was doing was just asking God for things to do things, mm-hmm. you know, out of desperation, like, God, please do this. Give us that, do this. We need a house. We need this. We need to go into a season. And then all of a sudden stopping one day, you're still in the middle of that mm-hmm. and going, you know what? You've already given me like a bunch of stuff. Wow. Probably what I need is just like you. Yeah. So like you've given me signs and wonders. I've seen what you can do. Now I just want the giver. Mm. And just literally getting to a point where you're just like, all right, forget it. Like I give. And that was like a huge part of that testimony. And again, like it's so funny, like such you know, it turns out to be such a happy song. You know, mm-hmm. and like every day you're getting sweeter and your love is getting deeper, sweeter and sweeter, better and better. <laughs> and now it's just like I was in the pits, <laughs> you know, I was just, but um, uh, it was still like that, that forcing that, no, 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 like I'm, I'm going to fight back against this and like, yeah. I'm going to try to recognize really, really what, what the testimony is like that I'm going through right now. Yeah. Like there's things that uh, are not going really great but man like, i just want to stop worrying about those things yeah and if really if i think about it like you're still i mean still every day it's like 
I, I do find you get better, you get sweeter, yeah. you get, you know. Um, so the, it was um, it was like a a really cool thing just to see and to be here and to know more about people's lives too, and then to hear the songs that were coming out of that and going, yeah, like I mm-hmm. get it, I get where you're coming from, I get it, I get it, you know, and being able to resonate that way too uh, was really really nice. I feel like creatively, when you were talking earlier about, you know, pulling songs down out of the atmosphere and like you find that song, like as songwriters, there are times when like that just happens and like there are times when you labor over a song, but there are a lot of times when it's like you almost stumble upon a thought and you like you're your brain doesn't keep up with the pen because the words are just coming out. I don't know if it's a Holy Spirit thing where you just... It just comes out of nowhere. It comes from your gut, from your mind, and and you just you don't you don't really know. But you're and they have this. Those songs to me have this prophetic nature to it. And what I've seen, like you know, you're talking about that song, and they're connected to your testimony, and um, you write from this place, you know, that you may not even be feeling, and you're like, where's this song coming from? And um, it's not even really how I feel right now. Like you know, the, I'm in the pits, but I'm writing sweeter and sweeter and better and better. It's almost like you're pulling this song, and I don't know about you guys, but I've written songs, and I'll write the whole song in like five minutes, and it's just a download. And you're pulling it from the atmosphere and you've stumbled upon it. You write the whole thing you'll, and you're looking over the lines and you're saying, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, I, I don't fully even comprehend this song and the depth of it and, and what just I wrote on paper. I don't get it. Six months later... You release the song. You come back to the song a year later. Right. You look over your life since you've released that song and you look line by line and you go, and like, and I feel the Holy Spirit, but you know, like you look line by line and you say, that's what that meant. That's what that meant. That happened. That happened. That happened. That happened. That happened. And it's almost like these songs are pulling from the atmosphere, have these prophetic tones, these prophetic, um, you know, this prophetic power really we're speaking into the season to come. And and we don't, as creatives, always even know what... I have a good example. So on Sundays, we have artists that paint, you know, paint on. And so they just tap in and say, Lord, what do you want me to paint today? And so this girl starts painting a picture of a baby in a womb. So nobody can see the painting because she's got her back to the audience. She's just painting. Well, our pastor gets up and to, begins to declare and prophesy over the Lord filling people's wounds and filling a woman's womb and just declarations of faith. The artist didn't know at the beginning, and our pastor didn't know. It wasn't this thing, but it was like we pulled. She caught it, like you said, caught it from the atmosphere, began to put it down as a creative and she didn't know it was going to be prophetic in the moment to release something over the people in that room. And as creatives, I think that's what we do. We tap into that. Right. What God is saying and doing, and we don't understand why am I painting a baby in a womb? I don't know. But um, then it's all revealed. And it's like, this is what that means. And this is why you released that. And this is why I gave you that creative inspiration. Yeah. Um, anyway. so, such a cool way. I mean, to look at that, I mean, God can, God can, you know, he could do whatever he wants, but he chooses to use us. Mm. And if you look at it that way as creatives, it's like, 
plant. Like there's, you know, well, we can talk about it like that. Like then there's just something that as a creative or as a prophet or as whatever, just a mouthpiece for God, or you know, mm. that you can tap into. And like that day, he's like, okay, the womb, right? Yeah. Filling the wounds. And it's like, God, so he's speaking to Pastor Kevin. Mm. And this person that's painting, it's like they tap into that thing too. And like, you know, and, and, it, and then as creatives, as pastors, prophets, whatever, like to bring forth the thing that God is speaking, mm. right? Mm-hmm. To, to In whatever medium you're using, like to, to bring that thing out from just the the abstract or the spiritual to bring it out and put it tangibly into the world. Yes. Like it's literally like the manifestation of God's thoughts yes. and God's desire and his heart. And it's like just talking about that painter, like she literally gave a physical picture to the thing that God wanted to speak. Yes. You know, like this is what's on God's mind right now. Yeah. Like that's that's crazy. I would like if I could say something to people maybe listening. Um, it's like speaking to creatives, like we're so can be so introspective and vulnerable at times when you are releasing something that is creative, we tend sometimes we hold back. And I've seen that yeah. in my life where like I have been given something. I've been given a song. I've been given an idea, but I'm afraid to present it. I'm afraid to put it on a platform. I'm afraid to share it. Um, and so I hold back. But the thing that I've learned is like, like the girl painting the picture, she could be saying, I don't know why I'm doing this. She doesn't know that God's about to line it up and make it all clear and plain. And I think just as an encouragement to creatives, it's like, don't be afraid to release what God has given you, like the songs, the paintings, the scripts, the photography, the videos, the movies, whatever it is that God is, the systems, the structure, the coding, whatever you're doing, is that God may be giving you ideas and and we sometimes wait for it all, like the stars to align before we just release something. But if you're just faithful to release what God has given you, pull it down out of the atmosphere, pull it down out of that heavenly realm and just put it on paper, put it down and put it out. And um, I just feel like God will breathe on it. God will move on it and he'll make it clear and plain. Um, and to not feel so um, afraid, just conquer that spirit of fear and put out what you, what God is giving you. Sometimes I think we, we so, we so desperately want to bring something that is complete. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like we want to bring something and this is the this is the thing. And it's all dressed nice and it's together and it's and it's tied up nice and and it being complete is a is a statement about me. Mm. I who am complete and together and tied up really nice and bringing this thing. Even if it's a song from a really dark place, I'm bringing this because I'm out of that dark place now. <laughs> now I'm great and I'm awesome. And look, look at what I came out of. Wow. When I think this has been special for me too, because by and large, we didn't bring something that was complete. Most of us, when we got here, weren't complete. Mm. We put the album together, we weren't complete. Some of us don't even feel complete now. Yeah. And if we're honest, we're still living out some of the songs and some of the courses. And I think sometimes the Lord wants us to bring what is incomplete. Yeah. Because if it's complete, there's no room for him. Yeah. 
So a song, an album, a painting, we forget that God, we've made our relationship with God so individual Mm. that we forget that when they worshiped, it was like this, this offering that someone made on behalf of God's people. Mm. This priestly lineage Mm -hmm. made an offering on behalf of the people. Wow. That's good. It wasn't. Man, we all have this individual thing. And so sometimes there's this, there's a song, there's an album, there's this thing. And and that's why a painter can get it and a songwriter can get it and a prophet and a priest and a preacher and everybody. Because as much as I think, yes, God wants to speak to you mm. in a deeper way, I think this God, this, this ancient God, this outside of time wants to speak to his people. It's so good. And so he doesn't always want to speak in verse chorus. <laughs> and he wants to speak those deep truths, those prayers from difficult places. My 11-year-old niece and her youth group were blaring the dark. Yeah. That's so like I haven't seen the sun for days. That's so dark. Like like it was like it was like the season has not changed. Mm. I haven't seen the sun. I thought you were going to change everything. I thought you were going to take the clouds away. I'm now I'm, I'm trying to I'm holding on to every word you said. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember what was the promise he said. I'm going back through my journal. Wait a minute. Did God ever promise me that he would <laughs> Is this ever going to let up? Is this ever going to be different? I'm hanging on to every word you said and I'm learning what it means when you just tell me to to just wait until the light comes. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, so the season didn't change. I just, I just became okay. Where if I'm going to be in the dark, I'm just going to be in the dark. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop being afraid of it. I'm going to stop being weary with it. Our kids are singing these songs. Yeah. And let's be honest, probably the 11 year olds at this point in our lives know what's cool <laughs> more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Like you, you're not far from asking your kids before you leave the house <laughs> if this is, you know, your kids are a little younger, so like you got a little bit of time. Right now, I'm cool. So to them, <laughs> that's, that's gonna yeah. switch. Uh, it's not long. It's gonna switch. I know. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I want I want us and, and our director Kyle really spoke into this in our lives just recently at our conference. But like, what our end goal is. And our end goal is not accomplishment. And we're not to let insecurities define mm. our end goal. That's so good. Right. So like we're gonna write more music. Yeah. We're gonna write more and I and we're gonna raise up other people who write music and they're gonna put a killer song mm. on an album on yeah. like, man. That is such an expression of all of us. Yeah. And that's the power of collaboration when you were talking about Zeke when he sent his song and and he was like, We need to add this and we need to do this. And he collaborated with you. And we come from that. As creatives, we have a level of insecurity because we're putting out something that is so reflective of our inner person sometimes. Mm. And so we come and we bring it to the table and we're like, is this good enough or is this right? And it's so powerful to have collaboration because you have somebody stepping in saying, no, it doesn't need anymore. It's good as what it is and the way you did it and and what God gave you is is good, you know, and then you bring it and the team collaborates on it. And that's that's the power of collaboration. And and we can't let our insecurities keep us from from sharing it and bring it to the table. Do you feel safe bringing a, an idea to Farflung? 
Like, do you feel safe, like, with Jeremy? With Do you still feel like, I need to run this by JoJo first? I need to, like, do you feel like I can send a voice memo? Voice cracks. It's off key. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just going to send it. So the funny thing was, I think I sent, I think I sent you guys and Kyle two voice memos. One was Take a Risk and one was another song, Mountain Song, I think. Anyway, but, um... I sent this song and take a risk for me was such a different vibe than anything I've ever done. And so I was like, I don't even know if this makes sense. And I here I've got a baby in my arm. I'm singing it a cappella and I sent you two songs. Nobody ever responded to me. <laughs> I, well, I did. It was like two weeks later. Right? It was like, it, okay, no one ever responded to me until you made the whole track. You so you what, created the whole track. It was just a it was just a, an example of like you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to text him back." And instead, I just produced the whole song. <laughs> and he never even knew. It so he, you're like sitting over there thinking, "Well, that was a dead, I guess." <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here for days working on it. So then, I don't know if it was you or Kyle sends me the track. Like it's it was like me all be, done because you. I remember sending it and then you responded like, "Oh, I didn't even think you guys listened. Like nobody <laughs> said anything yet. Like, nobody even responded. Like like no thumbs up or thumbs down or anything. I was like, well, those must have been trash. But um, it was so. And then you come back with the whole thing. But no, I didn't. I don't feel that. I, I don't feel that with this team. I, I feel like you know. Here, I put it out there. Maybe it's for this project. Maybe it's not, you know, and yeah. sometimes what I've seen is like sometimes you put it out there and it may be another project down the road or, right. you know, so it's not always that. And then sometimes it's just not the song. Yeah. And, and that's and okay. And just, yeah, right. And understanding like in collaboration, like the whole point of even sending a song, like if anybody sent a song for that album, the whole point is the album. Mm-hmm. It's not a you as a songwriter. It's not the song you did. It's not the demo. How 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 much quality is in the demo, or like mm-hmm. how polished is the idea? It's none of that. Yeah. Like it's just simply like wait, that works, or I don't think it's gonna fit. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, you take somebody who probably wouldn't even consider themselves a songwriter, who hasn't who hasn't put a lot of things out or whatever. And we keep referencing Zeke, right? Zeke is an amazing designer. Now he's a songwriter. Yeah. He wrote, uh, coming to the light. Yeah. Right. Which oh my fire. goodness. Yeah. So, so he good. is a songwriter, yeah. yeah. but he's a designer like mainly. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so he's like a professional, uh, designer that's writing songs. Whereas we also have people in Far Flung that are professional songwriters and performers. Yeah. And they're people that sent songs to get on this album and those songs didn't get put on the album, but his did. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's not as like, well, I mean, the, the other guy's not going, well, yes, I'm not a songwriter. No, it's just like, hey, this song might work. It might not. doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. Might work on the next one. It might work on it, you know. But just understanding that too, like, and this is all the far flung people out there, you know. <laughs> when we're messaging and I'm like, shoot us ideas for this next album, yeah. like, man, like, uh, I worked with an artist one time and I busted my tail to produce. You know, he made a comment and was like, "Man, I might want to do that song with you." And I was like, "Oh snap!" Like, here it is. Busted my tail 
for like three days making this demo, produced this beat. I mean, polished, mixed, got it mastered just to send the beat. So I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. This is like three and a half minutes long of just pure production genius to me. You know, like 100% of my effort and ability is in this. He comes back with, literally, I put a little break, like a little Latin break in the beat just to make it interesting about halfway through. And it was like three kind of like jazzy chords on like some percussion and it dropped back into the beat. I worked for days. I don't say days. This is weeks in the in the making, but like really days polishing and get this thing mastered, send it to him. And he comes back with, man, basically those two seconds right in the middle are really good. And he was like, can I just get that? And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know? And it's like, ah, you know, like you work so hard on that whole thing, but there was a little piece in there that really inspired him that, that mm. caught him. And that's what he focused on. So like, I, I, you walk away from that and you're not like, oh, well, I'm just a terrible producer and mm -hmm. I'm just missing chances. And I'm just, no, you just walk away. It's like, man, didn't connect. Mm -hmm. Didn't connect. I don't know what he wanted. Yeah. I don't know what I wanted. I just did something, thought it was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, just kind of removing yourself and then understanding that sometimes it will be like, you may have a whole thing you think is polished. And then there may be that one line in it that's like, stop. Yeah. It's that. Okay. Everything else, you know, you don't say it like this when you collaborate. <laughs> Everything else, forget it. That line, let's make something out yeah, of it. And sometimes that's all you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's like, you know, it's it's kind of like in the process of manufacturing something. Like, you know, you bring in all of these different ingredients. So you bring in all of these different things. Then you have a lot of byproduct left over just to get the one thing that you wanted. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like dairy. I don't know a ton about dairy, but if you make butter, you got buttermilk <laughs> left over, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. sometimes, like, we bring this milk to the table, and we're like, hey, how's this milk? You shake it up for a while, and you're like, there it is. There's the butter. Now, don't throw that other buttermilk away. We could probably use that, too. But right now, we're focused on this butter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of times, <laughs> what you what's really valuable in that process of creating and manufacturing, like, you start with five pounds of something and yeah. you end up with like an ounce yeah. and it's like that you take that ounce then and that's the really valuable thing you build off of yeah. so just understanding just um, creatively in the co collaborative process that when you're going to have like you did that with something i said like you took a that that uh uh, that kingdom thing. This yeah. is how I'm feeling. If it ain't, we haven't even like. Yeah, we haven't even hashed it out. It out but but I you were like, in, I was like, we're gonna write a song. You were like, song those lines, those two, three lines. Those are that's a song. Yeah, that's a yeah. song. Now I didn't look at that and go, oh, he just hated everything else. Yeah, it's just understanding. Well, that connected right yeah. out of that whole process. That that connected, yeah, and he sees that. potential in that. Yeah. So sometimes you you come to the table with a lot. And you don't, the, the value come, is found out Where's of it. It's like sifting. Yeah, right? Sifting, right? You're like, here, here's a bunch of junk I just pulled out of the creek. And it's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. There's the good stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not mm -hmm. being offended yeah. that the other stuff, you know, wasn't, wasn't used. And sometimes you just come to the table with a little gold nugget. Yeah. That's all you got. You know, but a lot of times, like you said, we want to be complete. So you're like, mm. well, 
I mean, I feel like there's a good idea. So sometimes it's selfish. Like, well, I want to be the one to figure this idea mm-hmm. out. I don't want to have to say somebody else did it, you know. And then other times there's just that that desire just to complete a thing. and and Because yeah. um, I, I get that sometimes. Sometimes I get stubborn. Like, I just want to win in the process. Yeah. And if I start branching out, then I don't get the satisfaction of, like, beating that song into submission. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... Yeah, that was a lot. I heard I heard a, a person the other day talking about their metric of success, their metric for success. And they said, and they're with their team, and they said this. They said, did we love well? Did we serve well? Mm. Did we glorify God? Mm-hmm. Full stop. That's it. Did we love well? Did we serve well? Did we glorify God? Now, that doesn't really apply to the album, um, Like, but I think our metric of success, like, for for an album for this is is it true mm. is it true mm-hmm. did it come from spirit mm-hmm. right like is this just something that i orchestrated on paper because i thought okay well reckless love got this much and come lord jesus got this much so we'll formulaically mm-hmm. do this and that really didn't come from our spirit mm. for, for <coughs> me for the things i want to be involved in with far flung with songwriting i want it to come from that place that is the relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. that spirit. And I, I want it to be true. Was it true? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was it spirit? Was it spirit and truth? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Let's do it. Yeah. Then, does it sound good? Is it sonic? Is it all that stuff? We're going to leave all that to Carruthers. You know, is it the right sound for the right thing? Yeah. Question now, as we kind of like wrap it up, will there be another Far Flung Pop album? If that is this, is that right? Is it pop? Is it pop yeah? I mean, we'll, we'll call it that. For, is is it will there in be context? Another? Yeah, I okay. mean, I was thinking about it earlier when somebody was talking. We we're talking about doing things out of necessity or just out of your heart or whatever. And it, I don't know. People have asked me like, right, "Is this our new thing?" Like, mm. I, mean, I don't know. Mm. Like, if you, if their songs start popping up, yeah. But again, I don't feel the urge to be like, "Okay, Tobin." Mm-hmm. You better Write get us get, let's get them pop songs going, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think that was a lesson that we learned with this album too. Even the album we want to record in Japan, it's like I could say, okay, everybody, we're doing an album in Japan, but this one's gonna be like the old stuff. So everybody just write, and I'm trying not to do that because mm. I just want to say, hey, just write, just write, be creative. What are you feeling like as? As a son, like, what do you need to say mm, yeah. that you want your father to hear and that you don't mind everybody else hearing too, you know? Yeah. You know, like, well, and that's kind of like where I'm at now is like, man, and we got some songs in the works that um, me and Jansen one night were messing around after a recording and um, we got this song called Come On Over. And it's like, literally, we're just telling God, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, we're chilling. Come on. Like, <laughs> like again, it's very... Very like informal, uh-huh. but man, it's just we, that's what we thought. Yeah, you know, me and Jansen had so many good conversations recently just about that. Like, yeah. just being present, just sit. Like, if you just go home and sit at the table, an empty table, and just tell God, like, "Hey, come sit down," you know, and, and like some amazing things can happen in those moments at the table, on a park bench, mm-hmm. on a picnic table out here that I've experienced multiple times where it's just like I felt like God just moseyed on over and sat down, you know. Yeah. So like. I don't know. It's just right now we're we're really in this cool groove where it's just like anything goes, 
might not make it anywhere, but just, man, everybody just come to the table with stuff and, and let's be true. Let's be true to what we're feeling and to ourselves. Like, I don't got to be like Chris Brown at Elevation. Right. You know what I mean? I don't have to be Gunger or Crowder. Or, you yeah. know, I don't have to. I'm Jeremy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like you you feel so much pressure to like could try to morph into these people. Mm-hmm. And then, man, when you just have a moment like this last album where you're just like, hey, whatever. I th- like, for instance, uh, you, the bridge on Take a Risk, I thought it was like so unique. Like, it's so catchy. I would never write that. What way eights from us for And like, I remember you bringing it, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't like, greatest bridge ever, that's recorded. <laughs> right? But mm-hmm. I say that to say, when I think about that song now, I think about the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it was, just, and I remember you sending me that bridge, and you were very insecure about it. You, mm-hmm. Like, cause you, you buffered. Yeah. There's like a minute you of always like, do your I don't know if this is gonna work. <laughs> this isn't really polished. This might not be it. It's just an idea. Let me know what you think. I won't be offended if we don't. So there's like all of that's that. That's my conversation. Yeah, there's constant. all of that buffered up front. And then I heard it and I was like, yeah, no, that works. I think that works in the song. Yeah. And um, and then coming in and then just going, you know what? Like Jeremy, Zeke, Brian, everybody else that wrote on the album. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you're expressing? Then let's lean into it. Yeah. Let's not morph it or change it into something else let's not try to make it into something else more familiar or Mm -hmm. appropriate let's just lean into it so you're gonna sing that bridge i'm gonna just bam 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 i'm with you yeah yeah. let's let's go there if we're gonna go there let's go 100 percent. yeah you know and uh i think moving forward with the japan album with the next studio album whatever like i'm excited because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the next album is going to sound like. I'm just excited to see what people, and hopefully people are like, all right, I got to write songs like Take a Risk, you know, because yeah. now that's the that's the yeah. uh, the temptation. Yeah. But um, I'm sure it'll sound a little different. I wouldn't be surprised because we had so much fun mm-hmm. making Take a Risk. I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up doing it again. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it, everybody like... You know, we've we've played producing a lot of things and people walking in the room and they're like, yeah, this is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is good. Yeah. This album was like, what is this? <laughs> you know? It was like, yeah, right. And then people are just in my room knocking stuff over. And I'm like, all right, well, relax. Uh, like, yeah. you know, but yeah. it, it was like really fun uh, to get those reactions. And like you said, now, like, I don't have to put on like, baby bop youtube songs all day at my yeah. house i can put the dark on yeah and, you know my kids are headbanging yeah my nine-month-old son is like yeah. pulling up on the couch Miles. and bobbing around and and um that album pretty much can kind of play through and it's like yeah everything's got it's, like a yeah. good a good place to it and, yeah um, so yeah i don't know but i wouldn't be surprised if we ended up because it's been fun too to discover that Maybe not all, 
of them, but a lot of them can translate into a worship service because that was a big question. Yeah. But over M&A and then Lee Chapel, it was like, wow, this works. Yeah. yeah. Like we can sing the dark and still worship. Yeah. At the in the same mm-hmm. <laughs> venue in the same time, like yeah. so that's been really because that this, was that this, was probably my big insecurity coming off the album was like, is this just gonna live online? And just our worship, right? Worship is it just too. gonna live online? And we'll just be like, yeah, that's a thing we did one time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it hasn't turned out to be that. This old cat cool. from Chicago comes up to Ashley after the chapel. He had dropped his kid off at, in college, but he was in chapel the day. That JoJo did the giver, and he was he comes up to Ashley after the thing. He was like, "Y'all playing my, yeah, that's my sound. Mm. <laughs> like y'all were putting some of my sound <laughs> in that. That's like that was like what I grew up with." And he was like, "I had a band back in the day called Tin Can. No way, S- spelled like T Y N." Right, like, and I guess it was somebody's name or a Tyn Tyn Can. No way! And like, I heard that bass line, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" They're playing like my and, it has and like, like a ev- funk groove. Yeah, to it. this funky thing, and, and then but the all everybody in the room still is like with it. I like that. This album came from a, a time when most of us just wanted to get in our car and drive. Mm-hmm. That's what we wanted. That's what we needed. Mm-hmm. I just want to go. I just want to take a drive. I just want to turn something on on my drive home, and I want to talk. I don't want to be on the phone. I just want to, something I can drive to. I think some of the albums that we're going to do, they're going to come from a place where it's time to worship. Yeah. I even think mm-hmm. as we as we come into Japan and, and we're going to that, I think, okay, when I sit in the suicide forest, mm-hmm. what do I want to sing? Mm-hmm. What do I want to sing? Mm-hmm. What do I want to sing about? If I get five minutes to worship in that place, I want to worship. At that point, I won't write the dark because I don't want to take a drive. I won't like I won't write. That's the way I'm coming at some of those Mm. things. When I get there, when I get in a little house church with some people in Japan, what will we want? What will I want to sing? Yeah. What will I want? So when it comes time to like, hey, it's time we we're ready to worship. I think those songs come. Yeah, and when you're in a season where, like, man, I need I need something I can play with my kids that mm-hmm. feels good, that like, mm-hmm. you know, I sent it to one of my friends and he was like, "That's a bop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the cool thing too about the Take a Risk album is every song, even though there's a vein and even though there's like a vibe to the whole album, every song has its own feeling, and they are all connected, but at the same time, they're all unique from each other. And I think the cool thing about that album is I feel like it broke something for us as writers and creators, like to fit a box or to fit a the standard or to. So I think it is going to translate. Even like when Brian is saying we're going to write from a worship place, like it's time to worship. But I think this album helped us break something. Yeah. So that when we come to those moments, we are still not in a box. Right. And we can say what we want to say and say what we need to say and, and not feel like, oh, it has to be, sound like Elevation or it has to sound like Bethel or it has to sound, has to have this worship thing and it has to be verse, chorus, you know, I feel like it helped us break that, break that creatively. And now we can be a little more honest and expressive and, yeah. um, and not every song has to, even for the Japan album, not every song has to feel like maybe there is a, a bop on there. Maybe there is like a pop tune on there that 
we sing in the suicide. For- maybe we go. Maybe we go J-pop. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, but um, we could do it. You know, and it's still worship. I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm hoping that like what you said earlier, like still COVID stuff. We're still getting shut down. We're still like, yeah. It seems like it's been a year and a half, two years of just like quarantine and even if you are out should you be and should you be wearing a mask and that person coughed and I'm coughing and, you know it's like gatherings live gatherings are back but then you got people starting tours and then canceling them now there's a new strand and now there's the and it's like I listen to this album and it's like you're talking about that prophetic thing it's like man I just Hopefully this album has been like a lot of those songs you were talking about and a mm. lot of songs for me, mm. like Rest My Soul, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. wrote a song in the the depths of anxiety and depression mm. and it took five years of me singing and pe- other people hearing that song. So it's like, oh, I, I found that rest. Yeah. Right. And I'm not there anymore. And it's like, man, I just, hopefully this album, mm-hmm. or maybe this is our prayer, like mm. as Far Flung, like that this album is the prophetic sound of a season that's coming. Like what if we get to say in five years, the sweeter and sweeter and better and better happened. Yeah. Like we, it feels like heaven. Yeah. feels like heaven. It happened. Yeah. Like I'm living in the light now. Like we're, we're, we're in, in globally, we're kind of like in this like slump and I hate to even bring it up because mm. I'm one of the, I just try to act like it's not happening, you know, just whatever. I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's good. But no, like we are in this, like that, this album, let me put it to you this way. This album, the sound of this album is not the soundtrack for the time that we're in. Wow. There's a lot of people making soundtracks for the time that we're in. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people doing uh specials quarantine specials <laughs> live in the living room yeah yeah like you know and we're just like making a thing it's a music festival yeah right and the sunshine and everybody's packed in and everybody's dancing and everybody feels good and they're living in the light now yeah. and like you know and i think hopefully that this album is the soundtrack of a season to come yeah that's you good know? and uh, i think maybe that's why it resonates with people so much it's because people are like, hey, like, mm. uh, yeah, like I'm I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for this. You That's know? okay. Yeah. Um, let's let's hit up all the people who are involved. So let let's me just go down. Like- let me go down the list real quick and uh, we'll just go down all nine of the songs quickly. Okay. Um, the Dark, obviously, Brian wrote. I collaborated a yep. little bit on that. My buddy Josh George, a.k.a. Josh Shu, provided guitars on that song. Killed it, did it, and, like, sent him a request, sent it back in two hours, and it was, like, money, tone, everything was perfect. So thank you, Josh, for that. Take a risk. Uh, Tobin and JoJo, vocally on that. Tobin, you wrote that song. Um, All You Ever Wanted, uh, I wrote that song. Etienne. Came in, added his vocals on the bridge, and added his Etienne thing. Yeah, the only that only Etienne can do took the song to a whole nother level. Uh, Very appreciative of that. Uh, The Giver uh, is a song that I wrote. Um, JoJo was meant to sing that song, and then PJ, Mm -hmm. who came in with the ad libs and the 
Oh my goodness. You know, he did, when y'all did that live this last week, he slayed that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And again, it was another one he of those. He elevated like, that so much too. Like it was just, one of those songs like, I wrote a good song and then JoJo sang it and I had to completely reproduce the song because it was like, wait, like she didn't fit my original production. But my original production should bow to what she did. Like we, you know, <laughs> she, we're not making JoJo change anything. So completely forced me to change the entire sound of the song. And then when I finally got it, I think I did like four or five versions of that song. Mm-hmm. Wow! Finally got it. PJ came in. He was in here one day, and I was like, "Hey, why don't you uh do this? Yeah, do this real quick. Why don't you?" Uh, which turned out to be a great Man, production choice because he killed that. Um, that song, Nate Claggett played bass on uh nico barboza played guitar um and i think that's it on that one earth and sky uh another song that i wrote a long time ago repurposed it reproduced it for this brooklyn as soon as we thought we put that on there it was just like yeah she's the one to sing that song did great on that feels like heaven was a collaborative effort uh between rob crystal alley um, Zeke and Whitney Tucker. Uh, I guess we'd say it's Zeke's song, probably the best way to put it. Um, Game production. vocals on that is so great. Like all the like. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The people that did gang vocals, Ashley, your wife, Ashley and Lindsay, oh, yeah. did a lot of gang vocals yeah. on this album. Oh, who else? Did Robin gang Crystal vocals. came over. Robin Crystal for, did for did stuff. some gang vocals. Warbay, I thought he did. <laughs> yeah, Warbay was here um, for some of that as well. Um, yeah, Z feels like heaven. I, I would say, you know, if you want to be honest, like that's like a Rob production that Jeremy Reed did. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, he definitely, as far as the sound and the direction of that song, Robin and Zeke have to take the credit for that one. Uh, Never Stop Singing. Uh, shout outs to Darlene Check. She, uh, <laughs> uh, but that actually, that song came from A Prayer Night Here. Yeah. And Mateo Sungworthy is the Lamb. And mm-hmm. I, in the room, I just was, we all, I remember yeah. when he started singing that, you mean you looked at each other and we're like, zit. nothing else needs to be said or done like just this this is like it was Uh one of those shalom moments like everything's right right now everything is as it should be and it impacted me so much and I went in there to mix uh, for that that night and uh, Rob Jansen was on keys Rob was on acoustic Mm. and uh, I took that from that night and just made that uh, Rob was so great on acoustic on that (sighs) I sent him a message after that day, and I was like, "Just you need to know that you're like acoustic playing is like next level." And he just, of course, responded like, "Ha ha, yeah, right." Like it was some garbage, yeah. but like, no, dude, that night Rob was dialed in on the acoustic, and then Mateo. I just every time I see him, I just want to ask him to sing that, but I don't because that <laughs> would be weird. Um, the light, so Brian yeah. wrote that. Um, and uh, that was one of the, to me, was one of the riskier ones. It was like, okay, are we really going to do this? Like, um, as far as the production style. I remember mm. going through the Rolodex <laughs> of just like voice memos and songs, and I found that one. And I was like, eh, maybe. And when we when we went in, we kind of cut it. You kind of cut it up. We cut it up a little bit, had the music break, and then we stole Tobin's. 
Yes. Lines. Which we did give you percentage on credits. <laughs> we gave you points, writing switched. points. Yeah, we did. But um, the drop on that song, though, I live for it. Yeah, y'all sent me a text. <laughs> I don't know if I responded like, to oh, that text. It just way. feels so good. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, that was uh, Brian, and then we stole some stuff. I sprinkled a couple of little ad lib lines on there, but that was a Brian song. Um, and then O Camino. Of course, Brother Peter in Mozambique just gave us a lot of good stuff. LU on the, the dance video. I think LU is the one who like orchestrated all that, kind of choreographed it. And um all those all those kids are a part of Celia's ministry there. Yeah. In and, Mozambique. And then besides that, like the if I forgot anybody, forgive me, but we also the contra the contributions of people like Warbay and Chris Carneal and other people who just were a part of the album making process in one way or the other, whether that was um in the mixing process or editing or um you know, if you if you really, really dug into every song, there's probably three or four more people on each song that contributed in some way. Mm. But, you know, it was just, you know, who did uh, the album art? That was Zeke. So I had an idea for the album artwork. I was like, man, I just see like a guy standing on the edge or doing, you know, like just something that uh, gives the idea like taking risk. Um, and I gave him a couple different ideas and he he ran with the one that um, I guess he saw the most potential. And yeah, it's it's it's, it's so good. Yeah, a lot. That's a lot of people's like first thing. Like, oh, that's cool. That's cool artwork. Yeah. I'm like, the music is good, too. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then uh, Sterling Sound in Nashville. Uh, one of my boys there did uh, Adam Grover mastered it. And did a killer job. Um, yeah. Got some music videos that we're in discussions on. on yeah. The, the Dark. We definitely are going to have a music video coming out. Halftime at like a local football game. We're going to get a drum line, do Take a Risk. And yeah. Just, we want Tobin to run across the field shirtless. With <laughs> oh, a, my gosh. With a painted thing on his chest. Okay. And the whole video is going to be for about, it. should I take a risk and run across this field shirtless? And <laughs> And then he does. Yeah. <laughs> he's not uh hmm. he's not feeling that, but I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's an hour and seventeen oh, minutes. Rob of... played some guitars on Earth and Sky too. Oh yeah. And he plays I feel like I don't wanna And yeah, yeah. I think that's it. And we have live versions of which songs on YouTube right now? The Giver? Um, the Giver is just about to go live. We finished okay. that yesterday. And that's actually the version Tori's leading um, mm -hmm. at RGTN. And she slayed it that night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did. Was it cool to just be in the audience and you stuff? You know, that and... song feels good live. Yeah. yeah. That song feels great live. It does. It it's, good... We were talking about, like, with the band, like, you just play the record all the time. That's yeah. like everybody's got Sunday gigs, and mm -hmm. and it's just like you're just playing the record. Just do what they did. Yeah. Like, you know, and a lot of it's very 
uh, straightforward. And it's like, man, it feels good mm-hmm. to like groove on stage again. Because uh-huh. like no, none of us like groove anymore. It's all like do 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 all right, thanks for listening. Um, Far Flung Tin Can Podcast, episode number... 17. 17. <laughs> um, special thanks to Stephen Kalkami for setting all the cameras up. Um, for Carruthers on audio, Jonathan Warbay, video editing, and Kyle Philippi for all of the craziness he drags us into. And Jonathan Warbay is not just the video editing. He is the podcast... How would you say it? He's the producer. Right? He's the director. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing the the whole show. He tells us where to be and when, and then he doesn't show up. Uh-huh. I, hope you, I hope you start feeling better, Warby. That's good. Fiend. Fiend.